0: John, in a boat repairing their nets. He called them at once, and they also followed him, leaving their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired men. Jesus and his companions went uh, to the town of uh, Capernaum. When the Sabbath day came, he went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching. For he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. Suddenly a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out. Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus re- uh, reprimanded rem- re-pre- him. Be quiet. Come out of the man, he ordered, and at that, the evil spirit screamed through the man into a convulsion and then came out of him. Amazement gripped the audience, and they began to discuss what had happened. What sort of new teaching is this, they asked excitedly. It has such authority, even evil spirits obey his orders. Come on, somebody. The news about Jesus spread quickly throughout the entire region of Galilee. Great word for us this morning, church. Good stuff that I want to share from, this, from these verses this morning in regards of one voice. In regards of one voice. Uh, for you that a little older might remember this, they used to be a commercial, a commercial for an investment firm that said when E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen. Remember that? Who remembers that? Yeah. Raise your hand. Only a few would know that. But, but isn't that the truth? And the question that we have or that I have for us this morning Who do you listen to when they speak? Who do you listen when they speak? You know, we live in a society, church, that a lot of people are talking. There's a lot of voices out there in our society, good and bad. There's voices that people are listening to that that it's not of God by any means. They do what they want to do and they'll do whatever they want to do. It's not a voice of the Lord by any means. There's people that that always are in a place of soothing their own conscience and their own agendas. And they'll come to a place to to hear a voice that will literally soothe their feelings and their emotions and what they want to do. But I'm here to declare to you that we want to listen to one voice that will lead our path and direct our steps. And that is Jesus Christ. That's what we're here for. To hear the voice of God for our lives. You know what the greatest thing about our Lord and Savior? That he doesn't leave us in a place of, of chaos. He gives us a place of direction. A place to lead us to become the best we can for his kingdom that's why the bible says in 1 john chapter 4 listen to this carefully john 1 john chapter 4 verse 1 dear friends cuz he's concerned he calls you friends dear friends do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the spirit right. listen to that by the spirit because there's a lot of people that are saying things that are not of God by any means. Amen. They're saying things that don't, don't even uh, do not. Uh, uh, I said word I Coinside. Coinside, Yes, with the word of God. Thank you, Emily. Amen. With the word of God, church. And he says this: You must test them to see if the spirit they have comes from what, God. from who, God. from who. I tell you what we will save ourselves a lot of mess if we start understanding what he's saying that we must test the spirit of God. If you don't do that church you listen to any kind of voices out there. You listen to people that don't even under, don't even know what's really going on. Hello somebody. They don't understand the spirit of God church. And so he's warning us: we must test the spirit. We must test the spirit, Amen. They they have that uh, that says must test the spirit to see if the spirit they have that. I don't can talk now? We must test them to see if the spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. You know, I. I come to a place in my life and I've known this, I've always warned me Ernest be careful who you listen to yes, Help us. Help us. have you ever been told that yes, be careful who you listen to yes. and how many of us don't even obey that saying yes. Yes, we don't obey it we don't, we, don't, we don't take it to heart because the Bible teaches us this test the spirit of what manner they're in. Hello, somebody. And what manner they're in. There's people that i have been around all my life uh, that have spoken out of hurt? Out of jealousy? Come on. Out of their own agenda? Let's be real. And God wants to help us with this in our Christian walk. I hope you listen and understand the importance of what God is saying. I am the one voice that you must listen to. I am the one voice that you must obey. I am the one voice that directs your life. I am the one voice. And he says, listen, you must test it. Listen, church, I, I've been around church long enough. We, I've been in the church community long enough. And there is a lot of nonsense in churches today. Let's call it for what it is. There's a lot of gossip. There's a lot of murmuring. There's a lot of their own agenda. It's all about ourselves. And God is all against all those things. God came to break our lives. Test it. The Bible says, Tess. You know, Jesus' voice, listen to me. Jesus' voice has the ability to break through our lives. Jesus' voice has the ability to break through our lives. I'm grateful for our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm grateful for who He is, Church. Jesus is, has the ability, and the question that I have for us this morning, have you heard His voice in your life? Have you heard His voice in your life, Amen? Because that's what we need to really come to grips and say, have I heard God? Have I heard God? And I believe that some of us haven't heard of who God is. So we're going to look this morning, church, of four short scenes from the life of Jesus, if we may. Four short scenes from the life of Jesus where, he's, where, where his voice breaks through in a powerful way. His voice has the ability To break through a lot of things, church. That's how powerful and authoritative He is. Along the way, we're going to, to explore how we can hear and respond to Christ's voice in our own lives. Because we need to, church. We need to hear what God is saying. We need to understand what God is saying. Because we, we, are, we are sometimes people that are so confused at what God is saying yes. and what God wants to do. I don't want to be confused. The Bible says the confusion is not of God. I don't want to be confused of what I'm doing. I don't want to be confused of our direction that God is bringing us to. I want to hear the voice of the living God To lead my path, to lead our church, to help us. But in the midst of saying that, you gotta come to grips in your life and start hearing from the voice of God as well. We all got to hear the voice of God in one mind and one accord, not in all different areas. Hello, somebody, not in all different directions. Sometimes we get all confused. That's not of God. God has a purpose, God has a direction. In our lives, church. So number one, we we need to hear the one voice. Jesus announces, amen. Let's look at verse 14 and 15 this morning in our text. Later on, after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee where he preached God's good news. The time promised by God has come at last. He announced the kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. Believe the good news. Repent from your sins and believe the good news. Now here where Jesus launches his ministry after the Roman government imprisoned John the Baptist. John the Baptist. His, for, his forerunner. His forerunner? Is that what he got? His forerunner? Jesus begins his ministry church in the region of Galilee. The region of Galilee, which is the region he grew up in. Galilee, we want to look at Galilee for a minute. It was like the backwoods community. It, it was where, it was where the, all the bad people were hanging out. It was all where all the bandits and the, you know, all the gangbangers all the bad people used to hang out, amen, amen. Community in northern Israel, the poverty in that region of Galilee was terrible. It was bad. It was bad. Some of us can understand we grew up in some areas that was bad. You know, it wasn't a blazed community, but, but you were there because that's what you could afford. What you can live. That's what you, you were there. So Jesus begins his word by proclaiming God's good news about God's kingdom, about his kingdom church. Now, the word proclaim here means to announce something, to announce something in a formal or official manner. Usually this kind of, of announcement was given by a herald. Herod? Harold, Harold, H-E-A-R-L-D, Harold, Harold, right? Thank you. Don't confuse me, please. <laughs> I looked this up. Come on, Harold. <laughs> it, it, it was a herald, and some of you might remember this. Amen. A herald was it like the old newspaper boy? Remember that? Okay, Nellie, you remember that, Nellie? And I remember that when I was growing up. I remember the, the newspaper guy standing in the curve down in San Francisco when I lived. Read all about it. <laughs> he was a herald. He was an announcer. He was announcing what was in the front page of the newspaper. That's what he was doing. And this is exactly what our Lord and Savior is doing to us. He's announcing to us that the God's kingdom is at hand. Repent. Repent. This is, this is exactly the authority that Christ came and had. Amen. He came to announce. Read all about it. Read all about it. Amen. Read all about The herald didn't uh, make up his message. Listen to me. He didn't make up his message, but they simply shouted out whatever message had been given to them. That's what they would do. God was doing something tremendous for our lives. He announces the Herald was like the old newspaper boy church. Come on. Who would help, he, he, would, he would yell out the newspaper headlines and they say, read all about it. The Herald did, they, 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 they didn't make it up. They didn't make it up, church. When Jesus begins his public life, he held it the arrival of God's kingdom. And that is our duty and our responsibility. God has called us out to proclaim the good news, we are his voice. We are the one voice, church. We are his church. We are here to proclaim the good news. This is what Jesus came to do. He came to shake our lives, to stir our lives from ourselves. And he said, listen, you have something to shout about. You know, we need to come to grips in our lives. this. We got to come to this. Church should be fun. <laughs> oh my Lord! You're like what? Church should be fun. You should be wanting to come to church. It should not be. Well, it's Sunday morning. I gotta go to eight thirty worship first. I'm hitting the worship team right now, so it's okay. But but I believe the church should be fun. I believe church should be a place that we get excited about, church. This is exactly what God wants from us, amen, to get excited about his message, to get excited about who he is, get excited, amen, of what God is delivering to us because he saved us, he delivered us. You have to have to look at the bright side of your life. Don't get all crusty and and forget about what God has done in your life. Don't forget that. Oh, yeah, you look pretty now. Oh, yeah, you drive a nice car. Oh, yeah, you got a nice house. Oh, yeah, but don't forget the message. This is what they would do. This herald, amen, kid would announce it. Hey, read all about it. He was excited, amen, when he announced it. He was excited what was given to. So he stand in the corner and yell, read all about it. Jesus is coming. Read all about it. And here we find the, the first way Jesus' voice speaks with authority. Jesus speaks with authority by announcing the entrance of God's dominion in human history. Wow. That's powerful, church. I'm grateful that somebody told me about Jesus. I'm grateful that somebody announced to me and was proud to announce to me that Jesus comes to set us free. I was excited. I was excited. I was told, amen, that I no longer can live the way I am living. I can live with freedom and be blessed by God. Freedom, church. See, God's kingdom was now presented because the king had arrived. He arrived. Man, I I just think about when. When just God came into my life, He arrived in my life, and I'm like, Oh Jesus. God's kingdom was not presented because the king had arrived. This is why, church, Jesus calls us to trust him and make him and make a, a new start. Come on, how many of us needed a new start? We all did. We need a new start. We we were reckless. Remember that. We were reckless. We were reckless. No, 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 no. We, We thought we had structure. We thought we were in line, but we were so off. And God comes into the picture, amen. And he says, you know what? This is what I want to do. I want you to do now. It's because I'm presenting to you the kingdom of God. I need you now to trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Because you know what? What I'm going to do when you trust me, I'm going to make a new start for you. Oh, my Lord, I'm so glad that I have a new start. I'm so glad I have a new start, church, amen. Amen. Because God's kingdom, church, had invaded human history. God's kingdom, listen to me, God's kingdom had invaded human history. It was now possible to live under God's dominion on this earth. It was now possible, church, amen. Living under God's reign wasn't just a a hope for the future or a dream for another day, but it could, could become a reality at this moment. A reality to us now, hallelujah, we can live for God. Hallelujah, I can worship God. I can praise God. It became a reality that there's a living God that lives for real. A God that changes lives. A God that transforms us. It became real to us now. I'm grateful that I can talk to my father. I'm grateful that I can bring my father with all my problems, all my issues in life, amen. And say, Lord, I need you to speak to me because I'm thinking stupid. I'm thinking wrong. I have, no, I have too many voices going on in my mind. <laughs> I got too many things going in my mind. And I say, God said, listen, I came for that to set you free. Woo, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. You and I can now live under God's dominion even today. Even today. If we'll listen to that one voice, if we'll listen to God of what He's proclaiming over us and why He came to us and why we're now here in church services. I love coming to church. Not when I am stay up late, I hate coming to church because I didn't sleep that much, you know, but I love coming to church. One voice, our Father in heaven. The second thing that God teaches us through the scriptures I read this morning is that Jesus calls. Jesus calls. Jesus calls. He's calling us. The Bible says in in verse 16 down to 20, he says, One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother. Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they finished they fish for a living. Listen to that, Jesus called out to them, "Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people and They left their nets at once and followed him a little further up the shore. Jesus saw Zebedee 's sons, James and John, in a boat repairing the nets. He called them at once, and they also followed him, leaving their father Zebedee. In the boat with a hired man. Now here we find Jesus walking along the Sea of Galilee, which was a body of water in the region of Galilee. Uh, my wife and I had a had the privilege to go to Israel, and we got in a boat and actually uh, sailed on the Sea of Galilee. You know, you think about the Sea of Galilee, you think it's a big sea, but it's not. It's a lake, really. It's a lake. But they call it the Sea of Galilee. But it's a lake. And my wife and I went on there and we were like, whoa. But it's a lake. It's nice. It was nice. We got a great time and, and got to see where Jesus uh, uh, walked along. And, uh, and, uh, and so many people back then, church, it, it called it the Sea of Galilee. It's, but again, it, it's, it's about seven miles wide. Now, think about it. It's a lake, seven miles wide, and it's in its widest part about 13 miles long. And uh, so it's not a real big lake, but, but it's, it's, it's just where uh, Jesus walked along the Sea of Galilee. And the Sea of Galilee is known for all kinds of fish, for all kinds of fish. And so fishing in Galilee was a booming industry. It was it was where you know people make their living out of fishing, and they would buy they would fish and they would catch all this fish and sell it to the market. That's what they would do. And so as Jesus walks by one of the many fishes, a fishermen's church uh, uh, fishing ports, I mean along the shore, he sees two brothers. He sees two brothers fishing. Now when he thinks when we think of fishing, most of the time. We think of a leisure-type fishing. Come on. We, we, most of us here, we we'll go fishing. We we'll go to, we I have fun, right? Who likes to fish around here? just one. <laughs> that's <what> I thought. <laughs> My wife likes to fish, but I don't like to fish, so she never goes. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, but, but, that, but back then, church, I mean, that's that what their living was. That's what they, that what they do. That's what they were always doing. They, they caught fish because that was their living, this is what they did. Uh, and, and so Jesus calls these two guys, amen, from their livelihood, Simon and Andrew, uh, and, and he calls them out. Uh, remember, it was not a hobby. That's what they did for a living. And this is what Jesus does, church. He, he calls us out to our norm, to our, what we are doing. He calls us out of what we're doing for his kingdom, for what he wants us to do for him, church. All of us here have jobs. Amen? Can I hear amen? Most of us have jobs. You are making a livelihood. You're living. You're you're, you're taking your family. But you know what? I'm going to tell you something. Jesus is calling you out. Jesus will always call us out, church, of our comfort, of our norm. And it's our responsibility to respond to Jesus. The way these men respond to the Lord, church. Amen? They, 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 They were called by God. And the greatest thing about it is that they responded. We need to respond to the living God. We need to hear that one voice and say, God, yes, uh, I, I am willing to do what it takes to be your servant, your disciple. See, Jesus' words are short and stunning. He says this, come, follow me. And he says this, and I will, I will make you fishers of men. Fishers of men. His words have the force of of a like summons, uh, an invitation that comes with authority. With authority, church, with authority. He's not passive. He wants you to understand that he is the way, the truth, and life, and he wants you for his cause, for his mission. He wants you to get out of your comfort, to get out of, a, of what you're used to. We are used to a lot of things in life. We, we are very uh, uh, people that, that are pretty focused doing the same thing every day, aren't we? We are. But God says, you know what? I'm calling you. Uh, he had an authority voice he says, I want you to come out, amen, and follow me. The call to follow is a call to discipleship, church. To discipleship, a call to become an, an apprentice, uh, amen, uh, for Jesus. For Jesus. This is what God wants. I, I want to I grab you under my wing. And I want to teach you. I want to help you because I want you to reach the world for me. I want you to be a disciple for me. It's, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know I remember when uh, 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 this uh, electrician came to my uh, house one time, and, and he said that he, I said, well, you're a master electrician. He goes, no, I'm just, I'm just studying to become, he was an apprentice. He was just in the beginning stages of trying to get a master's. And that's what God wants from me. He, he wants you to get under his wing. Uh, he wants you to learn the importance uh, of, uh, of making disciples. When God called me in life, amen, uh, I, he called me. And I said, yes. How many of us here this morning have been called by God and you said, yes? You said, yes. I've been called by God and you said, yes, I, I'm here, God. He took you off from whatever it was. It had to not have been drugs. It could have been whatever you were in. In your selfishness or whatever it was. But God called you to get you out. For what purpose? It's to speak his word. To be his disciple. Same Simon and Andrew uh, uh, didn't know much about, about Jesus. Let's be real, a lot of us didn't know too much about Jesus. Oh, we knew about Jesus. We knew about Jesus, but we didn't know much about Jesus. Come on. A lot of us have been that way. We all know about God, but we didn't know God. And these men were no different. Just calls them. They 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 didn't know much. But one of the things that, that, that that was so powerful with the voice of God calling them that they responded. They responded to the call by living behind their livelihood and to become disciples of Jesus. You know, let's be honest. Today, most people won't live their livelihood to become disciples of Jesus, to do what God's called them. I know it's hard, man. It's, it's, it's difficult. Because we love luxury. We love stability. You know, we, we love our, our, our toys. Hello, somebody. We, we, we love our, 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 our just our lives in general. We love it. We, we are people like that. You know, so, so to, to talk about leaving your livelihood and do something for Jesus, it's insane. It's crazy. We don't talk that way. Most churches don't talk that way. Leave your livelihood to do more for Jesus. What do you mean by that? Well, what does God call you to do? What, what, what has God called you? I know for me that in the fellowship that we're a part of, it's not, it's not strange to us because that's what we do. We will do whatever because we trust the Lord that he'll provide trust the Lord. I remember when when my wife and I were called, you know, and 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 I was called by the Lord and for us to leave to go to San Antonio. I was I had a livelihood. I was living, I had a job that I was with for 13 years. You know, I kind of move up the ladder for they say, you know? I remember going there, I was just a driver, driving down Dallas. And you know what the greatest thing about learning about Dallas, I mean about being a driver? that I got to learn Dallas. When, when I came here, I didn't know Dallas for nothing. I even hired as a driver. I applied for a driving position, and I didn't even know Dallas at all. And this is what I said to the, my employer. I said, give me a MAPSCO, because back then it was MAPSCO, not Google and not Waze and all. It was a school. I said, give me a MAPSCO, and I'll get it done. Well, I got five deliveries. It took me eight hours to get five deliveries done, but I did it. <laughs> but I, that was my, my first job here in Dallas. Well, one of my first jobs. I, yeah, I worked, I worked at a bar, I mean, at a liquor store. At a liquor store. Can I tell you a little story about a liquor store uh, job? <laughs> I went to the liquor store and they told me, Ernest, I want you to do one thing for us. I want you to fix my storage up. I said, okay, sir. So it was a storage of nothing but liquor and, and booze. That's all. So I went in there and I fixed it. I fixed it and I stacked it. I made a nice aisle for us. It was nice. The, 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 I, go, I go into the, to, uh, after I finish my job there, I come and say, hey, boss, I'm done with my job. What else you want me to do? And I say that. I hear, Yeah. Everything I stacked came tumbling down. Anyway, so. I just want to say that I don't know I I said it. I didn't last long, I didn't last long. <laughs> oh, Jesus help us. But 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 I, I I got to I moved up the ladder of this other company that got and I moved the ladder. And God calls me. I get saved. God calls me. I'm living, my wife's working, I'm I'm working, and you know, we're doing pretty good. You know, we're not rich, but you know, we're doing okay. I can go out to eat now, you know. I can go to Red Lobster sometimes, hello. We can go out to eat, and God calls me to live my livelihood. For his call, so I remember those days. People were saying, "Ernest, that's insane. Are you sure you hear from God? That doesn't make no sense. How how you guys going to take? How you going to what are you going to do when you get to San Antonio? What what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And and you know what? And my answers were simple. That's the way God wants us sometimes to be. He shall supply my needs." I know it sounds, it sounds crazy. It sounds crazy. And, you know, and, and this is something that you don't do unless you know confidence that God's spoke to you about doing something for his kingdom. This is what happened to me. This is my life. And this is what Jesus called. God is calling you. God's calling you. And this is what he did to these men. He called them out of their livelihood to do something great for the kingdom of God. I thank the Lord for these men that responded because of these men responding, the world's been turned upside down. Did you hear me? The world's been turned upside down because these men said yes to God, and we're talking about them today. We're hearing stories about them today, and we're being challenged by Him today. We're still being challenged, and let's tell you God is not a God of confusion, God has direction. When I lived in San Antonio, I knew my purpose. I knew what I was going to do. I was going to open a church. That's what I was going to do. I was just going to San to go to San Antonio. I was going to San Antonio because I was going to open a church. There was a call, and God called us, and we responded to the call. And God wants us to do the same thing. The, the same sort of scene is, is repeated with James and John. Only this time that these two brothers not only leave behind their livelihood, but they left their father. Wow. You know, most people will never do nothing because they're afraid to lose their family. Again, this is my story of what God did with us. I heard the one voice. That was Jesus. And he challenged me to the call. Now, we're all called. God's called you. You're called. And maybe not to the extreme of what my call is, but God's called you. And you have to find what that call is to be productive and work with all your heart to that what God called you my wife and I when we left we we did all we can do you know God took care of us one way or another when we got there I thought I had a job because this is what I thought I had a job already you know fixed for me and my wife and I get there and the guy says yeah 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 the job's for you da 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 over a month I'm relying on this guy and that job never produces never does so now I have to find. A, now I said, "Wait a minute! You've been lying." Wait, and finally my head started clicking. I say, "Wait a minute! You're just lying to me, dude! I don't. You don't have a job for me, and I want to find a job." But I'm, my point of saying this is that God always took care of us. Did you hear me? God always took care of us. I might not have been eating rabbi steaks back then, but I was eating. I might not have been in red by steaks, but I was eating. So Jesus speaks with the voice of authority. Jesus speaks with authority by calling people to follow him as disciples. His disciples, church. The calling of these initial four followers of Jesus. It's remarkable, church, because it happens so suddenly. So suddenly, church. I mean, there's no interview or probation period by any means. There's there's no testing of their Bible knowledge uh, skills. There's none of that. There was none of that, church. We have to have this uh, interest of exam or nothing. No. Because that's not who God is. God wants us to follow him. I hear too many people say to me all the time, well, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a lot of knowledge of the Bible. That's not what God's looking, that's not what God told you. God didn't say, Ernest and Bunny, are you wise in the Bible? He didn't tell me that. As, as I grew, of course, I've learned the Bible. But when he called me, he wasn't, because uh, trust me, I, I'm not that eloquent. I'm a simple man. I'm a simple man. I'm a simple man that loves the Lord. That's what I can tell you. I'm a simple man that loves God and willing to follow God to the extreme, whatever he asks me. I've said it time and time for our church here, if God called me to something else, you know what I have to do is just simple, simple, put a for sale sign on my house and move on. That's how simple it really is, church. But God hasn't called me that. God's coming to follow him, and this is what God's called me to do now. And God is not calling you based of, of your giftings and talents. Amen. Amen. Now, he knows what you have. He knows what you're capable. He knows what you've studied. He knows where you're at. He knows what you can offer to the kingdom. He knows what you can offer to the kingdom. So you better start grabbing hold of God that you can be productive in the position that God has placed you, in, in the livelihood God has placed you to be productive for his kingdom. Come on, somebody say Amen. Now we know from the rest of Mark's story that these four men aren't even sure who Jesus is yet, church. They just know that they wanted to be with him. Notice that Jesus' call to disciples came on their own turf. They weren't in church or attending synagogues. Amen. Synagogue. It was the Sabbath or a spatial time religious holiday. They were simply just providing for their families for their families, uh, applying their trade, when suddenly the Jesus invaded their lives and changed everything. Jesus still calls people to follow him as disciples in the same way. He sure does. He's still doing it. It's no different. 2019 is no different. Jesus calling us still. We got to hear his voice. We got to hear his voice, church. We got to hear his voice of what God is saying. The next thing that we want to look at the scene is is Jesus teaches Look at the the third scene in the story in verse 21 down to 22. Jesus and his his companions uh, went to the town of Capernaum where the Sabbath uh, day came. He went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching for he taught with real authority quite unlike the teachers of the religious law. Jesus moves from the shore of the Sea of Galilee church to the synagogue in the city of Capernaum. Capernaum is going to be Jesus' base of operation for his ministry throughout Galilee. This This is where he starts. Now, synagogue was a special building, a special building created so Jewish people could gather together to study the scriptures. That's all it was. Church, that's what we do here, don't we? We all come to church. We don't call ourselves synagogue. We call ourselves a church. So we come together to what? To study the scriptures, to read the scriptures, to come to be edified, to be strengthened, to be taught the word of God, to help us to move forward and be able to be strong in the faith. This is exactly what's going on here. Uh, Amen. they're, they're, They're there. And guess what? They call Jesus. Amen. He's selected to come and give Let's just say a sermon. He's been called and the synagogue to give a sermon. Now, the people in this synagogue church were amazed at Jesus. How many are amazed at Jesus? <laughs> they were amazed at Jesus. Uh, teaching in the fact that now the Greek word here for amazed is very strong. It means to be so amazed as to be particularly overwhelmed. They were overwhelmed. When Jesus was preaching, when Jesus was standing before them, they were just overwhelmed. They were like, oh, my God. We don't even get like that no more. They were like, oh, who's this guy? Who's this guy teaching with authority? They were amazed. They were like, oh. It's like when you see your, it's like some of you, like you all see your favorite Hollywood star. Oh. Some of you are like that when you see Hollywood. Oh my God! They pass by you and you're like, oh. I mean, people are fainting. David, Pastor David remember the Beatles? How were remember the Beatles? No, no, I'm not saying he was. I say he's that old. I'm just saying. I'm not trying. Please, I'm not trying to say you're that old, Pastor David. But remember, how, have you all seen clips of the Beatles? They were overwhelmed with Jesus teaching. <laughs> I had to, to bring it back to the reality of Jesus, okay, because the Beatles were not, I mean, but yeah, but people were overwhelmed with the Beatles. They were. And these, these people were overwhelmed With with Jesus teaching, they were so amazed. Because, you know, you think about it, when when they were teaching back then, the, uh, the, the, the scribes or the people that were teaching before Jesus came into the scene, they were teaching, but they were teaching not based on their authority. They were teaching the authority of the Bible. When back then they said, well, Moses says this. Moses says this, and this is what, what they say. But, but when Jesus came to the scene, he wouldn't say about this story. This is what I'm saying, and that's it. Yeah. That's authority. He was saying what God was saying. What God says to us, he was so authoritative at what he spoke And he wants to help us. And this is why, as me as your pastor, oh, I have authority. But it's not authority like Jesus. Because everything I say, I say to you, the Bible says. The Bible says. I only got limited authority. But when I bring the Bible in and Jesus, it has more power than every two-edged sword. And Jesus is trying to help us this morning, church. He says, I'm the one voice, I have the authority, and I'm here to teach you something. And this is why we come to church. This is why we gather together, church. This is why we, we assemble ourselves, amen, because we want to listen to that one voice that says to us, this is the way you live life. This is the way you present yourself. This is what you do for me. This is the way you walk. This is the way you talk. You're teaching us with a uh, 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 voice. And let me tell you something. It changes everything. It changes everything. That's why it's important for you to read your Bible. That's why it's important for you to pray. See, if you haven't fasted and prayed for some things in your life, shame on you. You know, when I I go back to back to teaching, you know, when I when I when 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 uh, when God called me, number one, I tested the spirit. Number two, I got counsel to help me to make sure it was of God because the Bible teaches us that. Now, Jesus demonstrates authority by teaching people new realities about God. You want to know about God? Get close to Jesus. Jesus. You want to know about God? Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Read your Bible, church. He was a teacher. See, the teaching of Jesus were radical because he spoke with authoritative. They're radical. Like he said that? Wow. That's radical, man that's rad (laughs) we know from the other gospels that sometimes Jesus said you heard it that it was said but I say to you but I say to you that's the way God spoke that's the way he taught us because he was the living word he is the living word, church. The last thing I want to share with you this, this morning, Jesus rebukes. Jesus rebukes. Look at verse 23. Suddenly a man in the synagogue. Now listen to this. <laughs> a man in the synagogue who was possessed. Ho. Yeah. I'm looking around. See, so he was possessed. Uh, By an evil spirit cried out, Why are you interfering with us? Jesus of Nazareth, have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus re re Oh, he put up there? Reprimanded? Him. Be quiet, come out of the man, he ordered. At that, the evil spirit screamed, threw the man into a convulsion, and then came out of him. Amazement gripped the audience, and they began to discuss what had happened. What sort of new teaching is this, they asked excitedly. It has such authority. Even evil spirits obey his orders. The news about Jesus spread quickly throughout the entire region of Galilee. Trying to teach us that we have authority to rebuke. We have authority to rebuke. I I hope you said... Now, you have to look at that. Remember, in the beginning, uh, the uh, the holy place of worship, amen, there is a demon or, or a man possessed... That's why it's important that we rebuke spirits as we start our service, amen. <laughs> oh, you don't think that people get are, are, are crazy or have demons in the church? They do. Now start looking at people around here. Please don't do that. Please don't start saying, oh, Pastor David, no. But But the reality is that People today sometimes struggle with the idea of a person being possessed by an evil spirit. We we do, they don't believe that no more. People don't believe that, but the Bible teaches this. Again, I'm going back to the Bible. The Bible teaches this. We think maybe this was just a a, a way they interfered uh, or, or referred to mental illness. Come on, that's what we're doing today, aren't we? We do that today. You know, my daughter works in the parking of social workers. There's a lot of mental illness you see there. But it's a spirit. And we don't want to address it as a spirit no more. But Jesus teaches us that. It's a spirit. People are crazy because evil spirits enter them. I mean, Jesus said it. You know, uh, what do you say when when, when Peter try to uh, you know say whatever he want to say? He said that the the the, the, the a, a devil enter your heart. So it's, it's it's he teaches us to rebuke, and we have to learn to rebuke. We have to learn to understand that church. The Bible clearly teaches the extensions of an unseen spiritual realm of both good and evil spirits. It teaches that. These spiritual beings try to influence people. They try to influence people. Think about it. When When you're trying to do something for God, they want to influence you the wrong way sometimes. They do. Influence you the wrong way. And they can gain a foothold in a person's lives. That's why we have to be at that one voice authority, the Word of God, to help us, to help us to rebuke. In this man's case, his body has become like a host. For a demonic spirit. Now this evil spirit church speaks on behalf of all evil spirits when it asks, Jesus, what do you want with us? What do you want with us? Have you come to destroy us? The spiritual, the spirit recognizes Jesus. He recognized Jesus, amen, for who he is. Even if, 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 the, the, if no one else there would recognize him, this spirit did. So we have to rebuke by the, by the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Would you stand with me for a moment? Jesus continues to speak, church, with authority against the forces of evil. He continues to speak. This morning, I believe with all my heart, we as God people must continue to stay focused on what God is saying to us and what God's trying to do with us. I believe it's very important, church, that we understand that we're under one voice, and that's the voice of God. We're under one voice, under the voice of God. And what a blessing that we can rebuke demonic forces out of our lives. We have that authority. We can do that. We have the authority to do that. And I'm grateful. Because we're under one voice. And that's what God wants us to to grab a hold of this morning. As we're under one voice, and that voice is of God. Would you lift up your hands to our Heavenly Father this morning? Father, we thank you this morning, God, for your anointing, God. We give you all the praise, God, this morning, God, for who you are, God. Our Savior, our Deliverer, God. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, God. And Father in heaven, we come together in one mind and one accord. And we will listen to you, Father, for you teach us through your word, God. You're giving us authority as well, Father to rebuke demonic forces, God, spirits, God, and try to test our lives and to other people, God. So, Father, you are the one voice we listen to, God, and we are grateful this morning, God, for who you are. We bless you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm gonna. Uh, y'all can take your seats. I'm gonna ask uh, Stephen. Come here, man. I want my wife to come up here with me. We'll it that way. Okay. Hallelujah. I'm gonna ask Stephen. Would you uh, bring that? and Bring the the table in as well. Yeah. Let me have that. That's fine. Hallelujah. Well, we've been telling you that we're. Oh, and the kids. Bring the kids in and the teachers, please. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord for Pastor David and Rebecca Lopez in the house with us. Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. And Bella Rose. Hallelujah. Some of you have not seen Bella Rose in a while. Wow. Yeah. She's a growing young lady. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Right in the front, uh, Ms. Stephen and, and Isaac, please. Praise the Lord. Well, we've been uh we've been promoting this announcement uh about what three weeks ago now, I think it was. And uh one father, one son, one spirit, and one voice. And uh So I'm excited for what God is doing with us here in this church, and what the Lord uh, has blessed us. Huh? Oh, want me to stand up? What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? Move? Oh, you want to take a picture of me? What I'm saying? Oh, what do you want to do? Oh, oh, okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, listen. We this. I am so excited to make this announcement to to all of us here this morning. Um, our fellowship. Uh, I guess the best. What you uh, do? Make You can have the mic. This and you can interject when uh, when I'm talking here. Uh, the last ten years or so, uh, our fellowship is having a big sh- has been been having a big shift and uh, and. Uh, uh this week actually uh, weekend was a, a pastor's uh, conference in California in San Diego actually, but my wife weren 't able to go because we want to prepare for what God has here for us here in uh, dallas and um, but uh they had what they called an upgrade uh, pastor's conference and uh, and so uh, the fellowship has been promoting uh to us, to be having uh, churches of uh, fellowship, churches was that correct? Fellowship? Fellowship. fellowship, yeah, fellowship of fellowships. Thank you, churches, and uh, and and they've been promoting this for for a while, and um, and so uh, 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 we we haven't done it the transition as fast, but we are a fellowship ourselves here in Dallas, and uh, so. What they have done, if we can put it up there, son. Uh, what they have done is this right here. This is, this is uh, our Praise Chapel. Uh, Praise Chapel Mission is no longer Praise Chapel Mission. It's Praise Chapel Global. You see that? Yeah. That's, their, that's who they are. And a lot of these churches have now have no longer are Praise Chapel, but they're Praise Chapel. Uh, but they changed their name to The Cure. Uh, they, the, you know, that's Pastor Kelly. We an Elevate. Ministries right here is uh, is uh, uh, Pastor Carl Friedrich from the Orange County Church, and uh, one more here we have uh, uh, Light in the Light Ministries. That's Felipe Hernandez from the uh, uh, Philadelphia uh, the East Coast Church. Amen. And so there's been a transition going on for. I'm sorry. Victory Church is Hong Kong. Kong. Anything else you see? Resonate? As Paramount. Paramount. And... Uh, Pastor Omar, Pastor Omar. All of his churches are like reclaimed. All of those are Pastor Omar's. And so Pastor Larry has been really pushing this. And so um, as, as my wife and I have thought about our church, and, um, and so um, I got, uh, got some counsel by Pastor Larry Neville... Uh, the fellows, the president of the fellowship, and talked to other many other people. I spoke with Pastor David and Rebecca Lopez as well. And we we uh, just our thoughts. We got a community together, and uh, and uh, just uh, excited for what God has for the new chapter for us here. It's I, I believe is a positive thing, and I hope you uh, will rejoice with me and my wife as we as well change our name. So. Drrr. Anybody, so our new name for the Praise Chapel does no longer will be, will become now the One Voice Church. And that's, that's what we're been now. We've been excited. Uh, we, we're moving forward and I'm excited for what the Lord has for our church, for this new chapter. And, uh, and, and, and you know, we've been talking about church. My son ministered on Wednesday. Uh, I thought he had a great job uh, about what we're doing. And that's what we want to do, church. We, you know, as time changes, we got to change with time. Yeah. Not the gospel, not the foundation, but we got to change with time. And, and time is is a, a, a fortunate for us now as well. And now we become the One Voice Church. So we want you to uh, be a part and... and uh, and and we have a website now, and we have the Instagram and Facebook has been changed to One Voice. Now now it's one, not the O N E. One, One Voice Church, and you can now get into our. Uh, you can go in and uh, uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Is all Praise Chapel is closed. Let me tell you something. We are closing Praise Chapel, Dallas. Now we are one voice church, and we're going to have everything under the one voice church. And I'm excited. I hope you're excited, church. Come on. I'm excited. Amen. For what God is going to do. Amen. And uh, we are thankful, you know. Uh, let me tell you, it's been a challenge for my wife and I as well. Uh, when you're part of one name for a long time, it can, it can, it's, it's a challenge. But we have to understand that God is a God of change. And God allows things to happen. And we I'm, I'm excited for this uh, we we start. And so what we're going to do this morning is that we're going to, we gave you all